Hi, Karen Kambule here. Welcome to the Word Anchor Podcast, where we aim to search, find, share, and apply scriptures to life's issues. We will find victory and succeed in life if we are anchored in the Word of God. Please do enjoy this episode. Shalom. Greetings and welcome. Thank you for tuning in. The episode is titled, No Other God. The times that we live in are times where people have solutions, quick solutions. You need to speak to someone. You no longer have to walk miles to find a telephone booth to call someone. You want to prepare food. You just throw it in a microwave and it is done. You want to get an answer for a school question. You just go to Google and you find an answer. So things are a little bit easier. Even those that are sick in hospitals, there's more medication, there's more procedures, there's better ways of doing things. So society has evolved and the solutions are there. You may be tempted to think that we don't need God because we are able to solve things, we are able to do things on our own. However, I want to put this matter before us in this episode, that no matter how far we can go, no matter how civilized we can be, no matter how scientific we can be, there will always be only one God and no one else can be compared to him. The book of Isaiah chapter 40 verse 18 reads as follows, To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare to him? And verse 25 says, To whom then will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One. Praise the name of the living God. If you think about it, every track record has to be broken by someone. There will always be someone that will try and outsmart you, outshine you, outmaneuver you. Someone will always try to break that record. Some people will even die trying to break records. I watched a documentary of someone that... um, was trying to break a record and the person that was sent to assist them uh, they were deep diving uh, in the sea and that person that was supposed to help them died trying to help the one that was trying to break a record people die trying to break records because someone can be compared to you someone can do what you do and perhaps even better It is said that the longest record um, holder was um, a person called Jack White. And he held that record for 48 years running. But someone came and broke that record. Someone can be compared to you. Someone is more beautiful than you, more stronger than you, more smart than you, more intelligent than you, has more money than you. We know the yearly record of who is the richest man. It changes over time. Today you are rich, tomorrow the stock crashes, you are broke. Or perhaps you are less richer than you were yesterday. Someone else has taken the number one spot. Because as human beings are competitive, things change. We go through situations, there are circumstances that can change, that can compare us to others. But in the main, no one can be put head to head with God. No one, no one can be put head to head with God. And that is important because 
when when you face situations when you go through life when people bring solutions at times they're actually trying to compete with your god some of the solutions that people may bring to you may actually be competing with god if you are sick and then somebody comes and tells you about someone else that can help you you might want to go and try because you want to leave so somebody is actually trying to compare the god that you've been praying for and has not helped you and the one that is now being offered as a solution you need money people sell their souls because they cannot trust the one true god that created them including the silver and the gold now the book of isaiah it is broken into two sections the first one is chapter 1 to 39 where in it was just about the judgment you have seen this israel repent if not you'll be punished god will punish you and towards the end in chapter 39 it is the babylonian prophecy where in isaiah um went to see king hezekiah and asked him about the men that had come from babylon who are these men and king hezekiah said these are people that come from a far land in babylon and and the prophet asked him what did they see in your house the king said i showed them everything all my treasures i opened there's nothing in my house that i did not show them and the prophet said they are going to come back and they're going to take the land and the treasures that you are talking about so Hezekiah having he, having had God come through for him in the previous chapter one by healing him two by saving him from the Assyrians in no time he entertains strangers that he doesn't know he shows them his treasures and these are the people that will then say we've seen the gold in the we've seen the silver we've seen all of these great things who are coming back and they came so 1 to 39 is judgment now 40 Uh, to 66 is now the restoration so we take it now from that time when god is beginning to restore israel but he firstly has to ensure that they remember who god is because this is now a prophetic a futuristic statement of prophecy to say having been judged in chapter 39 there is a time of that restoration that would come but before that let's talk about you israel You 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 Israel have compared God. You you you've put idols before you and you said this is our God. You you've forgotten the God that took you out of Egypt and you made foreign gods in the land. We looked at your neighbors and said these ones have gods that they can carry, gods that cannot see, gods that cannot speak, cannot hear, cannot move. You've made them gods and you've been punished. He says to Israel, before you can before you can even think of god as less powerful because you would have been defeated by the babylonians let me remind you who i am as god let me remind you israel i am the one that numbers the stars i know them by name god says to them i know them by name and none is missing i am the one that can measure can you can you measure the mountains can you measure the hills you can't can you can you number the sand in the seashore you can't i am god so you've tried to compare me to idols you've made idols and i've told you not to do it and you've done so but even if you make your own idols can you measure the mountains which god has made 
Can you count the sand? Can you count the stars? Can you do these things? Because you, you want to take something and make a God. You, you want to take something and make a God out of the very thing that this God that you serve has created. You take the gold that God made, the gold that belongs to this God. You're going to make an idol out of it. And you're going to worship that idol and say, this is our God. He says, you must now think about it. You've been punished in Babylon, but now you must think about who this God is that is supposed to save without comparing him to any other God. He wants to put a case about himself before he tells them about the restoration, that you're going to come back, that you're going to have the Messiah, that I'm going to restore you, you're going to plant vineyards and you're going to eat the grapes and all of those things. Before the good news can be told to you, before you can run around thinking all is well, let's come back and reason again together. What brought you to this place? Because you take the silver the goldsmith comes and the silversmith comes, makes an idol. The thing cannot talk, cannot carry itself. And he says the poor one, because he cannot afford the gold and the silver, would go and take wood and will get someone to go and carve it and make a god. And he'll say, this is my god. Now, these are the things that have gotten you into trouble, Israel. Let's talk about them. Before we talk restoration, because you see, you have to understand that God cannot be compared to anyone. Before you are restored, you need to understand who is this, your God. They've tried. They've tried to make themselves God. They've tried to make God for themselves. They've tried to create idols in other nations. Remember Pharaoh in the book of Exodus, Pharaoh was said to be a sun God, but this Pharaoh when God brought darkness in the land, the sun God could not make the sun to shine because the so-called sun God has not made the sun, cannot make the sun, cannot bring light. The best thing he can do is to make himself a candle and light it and it comes to an end as well. But he cannot make the sun to shine. He cannot bring the moon and the stars. He does not even know them by name. They worshipped the water, water gods, where they thought water is symbolizing fertility and all of those, and that water turned into blood. They thought that their firstborns, you know, are those that are in the lineage to becoming kings. They all died. And when they released Israel, Pharaoh and the horses and chariots followed again because they thought they could now outrun Israel, corner them, and bring them back. They drowned in the sea. They were trying this God. And God had to show them who is he. They tried again because God cannot be compared. But people have tried over and over again. People have tried to compare our God to their gods. In First Samuel chapter 5 is the story where Israel was defeated by the Philistines. And they took the Ark of the Covenant. They took the Ark which carries the presence of God. And they went to, the, to their own land. Imagine they are thinking that we have won this battle against Israel. It means their God is nothing. We can so much take this ark and move with it and take it to our land. If this God is as powerful as they have told us, maybe he will work in our favor in our land. They took the ark, took it to their place. And the Bible says they put Dagon next to the ark. The following day, 
Dagon was on the floor. Praise God. He was on the floor. Could not raise itself up. Could not cry aloud to anybody to help. Nothing. It was on the floor. They picked it up. Imagine you saying, this is my God. You have to pick it up. Put it again. The following day, it was broken now. This time, only the body was left. The, the head was gone. The hands were gone. The feet was gone. It was broken. Useless. But this was said to be a God. These are people that were proud and boastful thinking they've won this battle and therefore their God is more powerful. They put that Dagon next to God, but you cannot compare our God to a Dagon. And after that, they got sick. They had sicknesses. They had plagues to the point that they realized that, no, we cannot keep this Ark of the Covenant. We don't know this God. In fact, our gods can do nothing. This God causes us to be sick. They had to take the Ark of the Covenant and take it to the land of Israel. Wherever they took the Ark before it went to the land of Israel, wherever they took that Ark in that village, people got sick. They moved it. In the next village, people got sick. And the minute it entered the land of Israel, that village was blessed up to the point that the king took the Ark back. Who can be compared to God? Who have you placed alongside God? What power? What idol? What is it that you think is your solution giver? Have you put money in front of you as an idol? Have you put money alongside God and thought, if I have money, I have everything. You can have all the money in the world. Ask the people of Israel. They had the money when they left Egypt. When they in the wilderness, they had money, but they could not buy any bread. They could not buy any meat. They needed God to provide bread from heaven, and he provided manna. So your money cannot necessarily be the solution that you desire to have and the solution. People that have money have realized that in the end, if death is knocking by the door, that money cannot do anything, cannot do anything. Famous people, rich people have died with all the money, young and still wanting to live, but they died. So you realize that there is actually nothing, nothing can be, comp not even money, not even the money in its billions can be compared to God. Because you can have it and still die and not have life. Why don't you have God and live eternally? They tried again in the book of Daniel chapter 3 to compare themselves and their gods to the only true God. Nebuchadnezzar, having defeated Israel and having taken the captives into the land of Babylon, thought of himself more highly than he was supposed to. The Bible tells us that he then made a gold statue and said, this is the God that you're going to worship. And the three boys said, we're not doing it. We are not going to bow. And the king was told that three boys, they, that they're not bowing. He called them in, boys, I'm giving you another chance. You're going to bow or you're going to the fire and it's going to be heated seven times. The boy said, no, king, we have nothing else to say to you. We're not going to answer you much on this matter. Our God whom we serve is going to save us. But even if he doesn't save us, we are still not going to bow. Praise God. Even if he doesn't save us, our God is worth dying for. These boys were just literally saying that. If we die in the fire, we make history. Three Hebrew boys died in the fire for their God. He saves us. They still make history. Three Hebrew boys were thrown into the fire and they did not die. Either way, their names are recorded in the Bible. They made history. The furnace was heated seven times. And the Bible says the men that threw the three Hebrew boys 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire. Those men died as they were throwing the three boys. Imagine the men throwing the three Hebrew boys died. The fire separated the men throwing the three boys and the boys themselves. It killed this one and left the other. The ones that it left were right in the fire. The ones that it killed were outside of the fire, but they still died. And as they were thrown in there, the king said, No, but I see their foreman. Did we not put in the three men? Why is it that I see four? These men that we threw in the fire, they were thrown in there bound with their clothes and their garments and their jackets and whatever belts. They were thrown in there bound. But I'm seeing three men and the fourth man is like the son of God and they're unbound. This is the kind of fire from, this is the kind of fire that is able to separate between the chains that bound the three boys and their flesh and their clothes. It was able to break the chains but did not touch the boys on whom the chains were. Praise the Lord. These boys did not scream. The Bible says their hair did not burn. It says their clothes did not smell of smoke. Which God can control fire? Which God can control fire? Today, even the firefighters, some of them die trying to put out fires out there. Which God can control fire and tell this fire? You see, in there is three people, my people. You are not going to touch their hair. You are not going to touch their clothes. You are not going to touch their skin. They are not going to even smell of you. But you're going to kill the man that throws them in there. And you're going to break the chains. Which God can save like that? King Nebuchadnezzar got to know this God. Who can you compare to him? What kind of God can save like that? Separate his own people from danger. They tried again to compare him. Daniel chapter 6 where an edict was issued that you pray to no one else except the king for 30 days. Daniel said, no, I'm not going to do that. He continued to pray in the same manner, same time, same place that he was praying to the God of heaven. And for this, he was punished, thrown into the lion's den. And the lions, they went, off on, a, they went on a fasting for the whole night. They did not touch Daniel. They did not bother the poor man. They did not bother this great man of God. They stayed there with him all night. In the morning, the king did not sleep in the night. He prayed for Daniel, interceding for Daniel. In the morning, went out and called someone who was supposedly supposed to have been eaten by lions by then. But he called him out. Daniel, has your God whom you serve, has your God whom you served, saved you? Very important words. A foreign king knows that this Daniel serves God. And that day he got to know that this is the God that saves. Has your God saved you? Daniel came out and said, Oh king, long live. The Lord shut the mouth of the lions. I'm alive and I'm well. I'm not hurt. The men that started that whole mess were thrown into the lion's den together with their families. They did not reach the ground. The lions were now hungry. They ate them up. All of them. The same lions that did not touch one man, Daniel, they had a feast eating the enemies of Daniel. Is this the kind of God that you can compare? The kind of God that will shut the mouths of the lions? The kind of God that will rain down manna from heaven? The kind of God 
that will stop a fire from burning people, fire that cannot be controlled. Is this a God that you can compare? The God that will cause water to turn into blood, the God that will cause darkness to come upon a land, the God that will cause frogs to come and fill the land. Can you compare this God to anyone? Because you see, the moment you stop comparing him to any other is the moment where you start believing him and having faith in him. Where you start to say, when it comes to healing, even if the doctor is there, but the doctor cannot be compared to God. Because there are people that would have had cancer pills, expensive tablets brought in and they would not have even drank a single one and they died. The doctor says prescribed. But the person dies. There's nothing they can do about it. Can you compare this God to any other person? With all the money in the world, who can you compare to this God? God wanted them to be sure, to be definitely sure that there is no other God. They needed to know, as Israel needed to know, that you cannot keep on worshipping any other God. Because there's none. The God of Babylon could not work. That God could not make the fire to burn the three Hebrew boys. The God of the maids and the Persians could not cause the lions to eat Daniel. We serve God that protects his own children. To whom can you compare him? Do you want to be so proud and boastful because you have the money, you've got the house, you've got the children, you've got the family, you think your life is perfect. Tomorrow, that life could be called up. What have you made to be bigger than God in your life? What is it that you're proud and boastful about and thinking, if I have this, I have everything. Without God, that thing you have is nothing. He says, all of you as men, you are nothing. You're like grass that withers. The sun scorches it and it withers and it is gone. And the wind comes and blows it away. You as human beings are like grass, nothing. Will you liken God to anybody? Come, let us reason together. Can you bring a Dagon? Will it survive? Can you bring a fire? Will it survive? Can you bring lions? Will they survive? Against this God? The answer is no. And once you esteem him higher, bigger, more powerful than any other, that is your moment of faith. Can this God that did so many miracles, can he fail today? Because the Bible says he's still the same God. He has never changed. Yesterday, today, and forevermore, he is still the same God. When you're going through the fire, he promises that he's going to be there and it's not going to scorch you. You're not going to die of it. Are you going to hold on and believe him and say, I may not know how, I may not understand how, but I know he's going to do it. Like the three Hebrew boys. God has not changed. He's still the same. He just wants us to believe in him. Israel was not supposed to repeat the same mistakes they did. The same mistakes that took them to the land of Babylon should not be repeated. They should not idol worship because they have only one true God and he loves us all today. May you not idolize anyone. It is not good. God does not like it. He does not share his glory. But when he does restore, it is a perfect restoration. Shalom. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wet Anchor Podcast. I hope you are inspired and blessed by this message. Kindly share it with someone and spread the word. Continue to be anchored in the word of God. Till next time, stay blessed.